What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the bald one, Gary Witta. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm good. I've missed you. How long? It's only been a week, hasn't it? We went, I know, we, but it feels so bit, much but, but what a long time that say, is. Well, you know, time's lost all meaning here. It's just stretches. The days of the week. The days of the week are meaningless. Nothing means anything. They all blend I, together. How are you doing? You still, still, uh, still doing good over there in isolation. I'm trucking. I'm trucking along, Gary. It's all you can do. You know you're, I mean? you're lucky that you're cooped up with some cool people, though. You know, Lucy yeah. and Jan and Porty. Like, you know, if you're going to be cooped up, you may as it's a good house to be cooped up in. I know. I hear your kids driving you crazy. Wife won't no. stop nagging you. She's delightful. <laughs> she saw. Uh, this is cool. So she saw Trolls World Tour over the weekend. You know, they sure. released that movie digitally because the theaters huh? aren't open. And now my kid has discovered classic rock music and she's rucking around, throwing up the devil horns and the head banging to ACDC. So I couldn't be more proud. All right. It's absolutely wow. fantastic. That's why you get into being a parent, right? That's oh my God, it's for. the best. It's the All best. Right. All right. I'm proud of you. Yeah. But I'm also proud yeah. of the news. Uh, it turns out Fortnite's getting delayed. Wait, what? Uh, the Cooking Mama drama is still getting weirder and things are maybe getting better at Rockstar. We're going to talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, you can give us your questions, your comments, your squad up requests. You can watch the show ad free. You can watch it uh, without any, uh, I already said the ads thing. You can watch it with the post show that we do exclusively each and every afternoon or whatever. Uh, but more importantly, you can just support us. However, if no bucks toss our way, it's no big deal. You can watch live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. If you're watching live on Twitch, hey, do you have Amazon Prime? You have Twitch Prime. Give us that free 30 day subscription. Of course, you also have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you uh this afternoon wednesday 415 that's right for april 15th uh, i am streaming the division two raid with fran and some best friends uh, it's all benefiting the american cancer society you can watch live twitch.tv slash kind of funny games more importantly you can donate and support me as i represent the university of missouri in the american cancer society college streaming tournament we've made Ooh. it to round two i need your support at uh, kind of funny.com slash mizzou of course, like I said, you can come watch live though, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. And then also in housekeeping here, Gary, right before this, you were doing your Animal Crossing stream. Yes, I stream every morning, 9 a.m. Twitch.tv slash Gary Witter. Animal Crossing mornings with Gary. It's been a huge hit. Yeah, it has it's changed your life, I heard. It's changed a lot of people's lives, Greg. Exactly. Uh now you say you sent me a cool gift though. I sent you, you know, a gift. It's something that Adam Nickerson sent to me. Uh -huh. And when I saw it, I thought of you immediately. And so I thought the best thing that I could do is pay forward all the love that Adam was showing me. And I and I've, I've said I feel like you would you would appreciate this this item more than more than I would. So Gary, I've sent, I've says, sent it to you. It says, "Dear Greggy, when I saw this, I thought of you." From Gary. Also, I appreciate it. It's Gary with an exclamation mark. Your name, you know. Yes. Gary. It's not just from Gary. It's from Gary. <laughs> A raccoon figurine. Just bear in mind, you're a little bit out of focus now since you held the switch up to the camera. Yeah, yeah I'll fix that in a second. Hold on. I want to see what this raccoon's all about now. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. That's going to become a key piece of my island. Oh, hold on. Close it. Take, put, take your keyboard off. I know, well, I was, when oh, I switched it around, you got all Oh, I like you. Your avatar looks very much like you. You've done a good job there. Thank you. Yeah. It's me in my, my final form, of course, in my Ghostbusters uniform. 
If you Which want, Greggy, there's an there's a beard for sale in my Able Sisters store today. You want me to send it to you? No, Would Gary, you like I have the beard. I was one of the first people to find the beard there in the Able Sisters stores, and the problem is, it just doesn't look right. It, it doesn't look right. right. Okay. It looks. I don't know if it's the, you know, cartoon kid visuals of Animal Crossing, but I look like I'm my cart my avatar. My, I look like I'm my Animal Crossing avatar in the alternate evil universe, like when you know in the Star Trek when they go in there and they find evil yeah. or whatever. Mirror universe, yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me and I can't do it. I don't know why, like in the in the facial options, like when you go to a mirror and you can change up your look and your hairstyle, are they, are they, yeah. are, do they not have beards available there? No, like not facial hair? you have to find them. You have to find them because they're like masks or whatever. Because again, you're all weird kids living with animals. It makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, I suppose. Greg, Greg, do you think maybe you should shave your beard off so that you match the character? You're only going to play no, this for what, I like three like, you know, more months? Him running around, being with the other kids. Wait, what's going to happen in three months? Well, I'm saying you're probably only going to play this for like three more months. No, Kevin sounds like Kevin. someone who's never played Animal Crossing in his Kevin, life. You were the one saying you thought I'd play it for a year. Well, no, from I mean, but like in this manner, you know, where you. Oh, care. I've already started tapering off, where I'm not. It's yeah, like that's what I'm, I'm saying. Not, I mean, I'm still. It's still playing you get every three day, months of slowly like tapering off until it'll you're... taper off. But like, you'll at least check in on your island every week, you know, for the course, for the you want to turn up and stuff like that. I want to make sure yeah, you got to get your turnips. You got you got KK slider. Why does everyone talk about turnips all the time? Kevin, I've tried to explain to you several times, and I'm not going to waste any more time. All right. Okay. Did you download the Division Two? Oh, I, you know, I, I fucking forgot. hate you. Uh, <laughs> thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, a.k.a. Momo, Al Tribesman, the Predator, it makes no sense, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Hymns and Quip, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. For some news. Hit me with some news, Greg. I'm in my head. I have no idea what's happening in the gaming world. Five items in the Roper Oh, my God. I didn't like Kevin, that. am I distorting? I, f I sound in my headphones like I'm distorting, and I wonder if it's because they made me adjust my gain for the kind of funny podcast. No, you sound good. Perfect. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. Number one, Gary, Fortnite, yes. Chapter 2, Season 2 has been extended. Slash, it's been delayed. Uh, hey, all. This is from Fortnite, of course. We're extending Chapter 2, Season 2 of Fortnite beyond the original April 30th date. Our plan is to launch Chapter 2, Season 3 on June 3rd. Or, I'm sorry, June 4th. Before then, there's lots of content coming to the current season. We have multiple game updates on the way that will deliver fresh gameplay, new challenges, bonus XP, and a couple more surprises up our sleeve. For continued updates on the new Fortnite season and other plans, we'll keep you up to speed here and on our social channels. See you on the island, the Fortnite team. GameSpot points out, of course, because I think as we are inclined with any delay nowadays to jump to it's coronavirus related, it's quarantine related. GameSpot points out in their article, uh, this certainly isn't the first time Epic has extended a season of Fortnite. Season one of Chapter Two was similarly extended by several weeks from its original December 2019 end date into February 2020. During that additional time, developers held numerous events in the game, including a Star Wars Episode Nine preview and a Harley Quinn crossover event. Gary. Do you think this is normal Fortnite stuff, or is this working from home struggles and stuff like that? I, I don't know, because I don't know what normal Fortnite stuff looks like. I have no interest in Fortnite. I don't play it. I presume that this is at the top of the batting order, because Fortnite is a big game that a lot of people play. Of course. But this, and I'm sure a lot of people will have strong opinions about this. I'm the, To be honest with you, though, Greg, I'm the wrong guy to ask, because I sure. couldn't care less about Fortnite. Well, I don't think it's so much a care thing as much as uh, I, I would say that, you know, if Fortnite, like as they point out in GameSpot, right? Like season, this is, we're talking about chapter two being extended or season three being ex delayed. For, so chapter two can run longer, right? Okay. This is meaning that chapter one was delayed as well or ran longer as well. So, that's, so you're saying that spin? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I think it's, 
it's not spin as much because I mean, either way, your game's not ready. It's not ready. Plus, Fortnite continues to make hand over fist. Like season two or chapter two has been really good. I played a ton of it at the beginning of it. Do you like um, Fortnite? I do. Yeah, I come and go. Okay. I, I I mean, it's one of those things where I run through cycles with it, Gary. Where I will be, I I will be off literally for a year, and then I will come back during Christmas break and play not at all. all like what was it, Kevin? Twenty eighteen, right? That Christmas break going into twenty nineventeen. That's all I played that break. Sure. Should have played other game of the year things, and then yeah, at the start of this year i did two or three weeks where i was like all about it and i was grinding out the battle pass and we did a let's play and that's up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games right now it's let me just, ask you something greg because yeah. I, I the way the way for me to engage in this is to turn this into a more kind of general conversation about for the record for the record it was going to we were going to move it to a general conversation go ahead well i mean great minds thinking like greg that's why i love you um do you think that fortnite you blurry man do you think that <laughs> do you think that fortnite has peaked and i say this only anecdotally but i think i remember back to when like ninja and drake was yeah. playing and that was like a big event and it really like fortnite has like been in the pop culture zeitgeist for a long time now like it crossed over like into the true true mainstream i dropped my kid off at school and i see all these kids wearing fortnite clothes and like it's such a big thing i feel like and again this is just anecdotally i feel like that's tapered off a bit i don't know is yeah. that your feeling as well Yes, but I don't think, and I, so to answer your question straight up and period, yes, Fortnite has peaked in terms of popularity, but that still doesn't mean it's not the most popular thing going right now. I just think it's not that, it's similar to what we're, I, yesterday, I don't know if you saw, Imran tweeted out about, um, hey, it's interesting to see how many people have turned on Animal Crossing in our, and I, I hit him up, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I haven't really seen that. Is it the Bunny Day stuff? And he's like, well, that matched up with people just talking about, hey, I feel like I've done everything there is to do in this game. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen that much, yada, yada, yada. And so when I was yeah. uh, having dinner with Lucy, I, I mentioned to her like, hey, have you seen this anecdotally? And she's like, well, no, but I've definitely seen the hype where, you know, come down. It's not where it was. And I'm like, oh, well, of course not. You know, obviously when it first launched that first week, it was all anyone was talking about streaming right. and doing anything with. And now it is, you know, more of a, okay, cool. This is life with Animal Crossing. And I think that's the same thing with Fortnite, where Fortnite was this snowball tumbling down the hill, getting larger and larger and larger. And I mean, like, as they just pointed out, right? Like when the first ch chapter of season two got extended, we had a, a preview for Star Wars built into it. We had a Harley Quinn event built into it. Like right now, for I don't, it's one of those things like, Fortnite had to delete itself and turn itself off of everyone's uh, machines for it to be news, like to be really big. Like, holy shit, look what Fortnite's doing news again. Like, that means you're the biggest fucking thing in the world. You're the biggest thing in gaming. Like if you have to like turning off your game. Yeah, those, the news those kind of pop culture crossover events like the Star Wars thing, like when they have bands do concerts mm -hmm. there and things like that. They've, they've done a great job of creating these events. And just when you feel like Fortnite is going off the boil, they come up with something new to kind of refresh it and get it back into the conversation again. And that's great. By the way, I didn't see Imran's tweet because I don't follow Imran on Twitter because he doesn't follow me. And oh, I'm extraordinarily petty. You're one uh, of these types. All right. Yeah, so, uh, but I'm glad I'm glad that you were able to kind of forward that to me. No problem. Um, I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll give you a yeah. Imran Twitter. If, if Imran says anything interesting, let me know. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so, no, it's like, I, I think uh, Fortnite, yes, I think has peaked in popularity, but I think it's still the most popular game going. And I know there's an argument. Oh, yeah, I mean, even even like, even Fortnite at like 50% of its power is still, you know, very and that's powerful. The thing, I think it's just that we all... And I mean, and I mean this in a good way, I guess. Whatever, it's it's normal. It's just normalized that Fortnite is there and always there and awesome. And I'm the same way. Of, I, I I'm not all talk on it, right? I'm all talk on a lot of things. Oh, I was gonna platinum Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, I'll get back to Persona Five. All that shit. I'm fucking all talk. But Fortnite was the one where 
I go through these, you know, monsoon seasons of playing it and then stay away for legitimately a year and then come back. And it's that's a, a good way of putting it monsoon season. Like, so you know, it it's, gets very, it's a lot all at once, but it doesn't exactly. last. Right. It's yeah. all I want to play. It's all I can think about. But it still works that I keep my ear to the ground about it. And when there is a cool skin, right, when they've dropped the Batman stuff uh, and Catwoman stuff, I went and bought all that and didn't play any of it. Right. I gave them the money and it just sat there. And then, you know, when I came back, that's all I, I, I played as or whatever. Like, I think there's, I, I still struggle with it in the adjustment period of having these games as service that are going to go on for not forever, but for a long time. And for me, you know, not only how I played games, I think before I got in the industry, but I mean, like, not that I remember that, but being 13 years here, right. It, it, and what my job is and what I, I think of myself as in terms of, I don't know, being a, a critic, a pundit or whatever, like it's always on to the next thing. So it's still weird for right. me to go back to old things or stay on things a long time. You know, today we're doing, like I said, the Raiden division. It's like crazy that I'm still able to put that many hours into the division and that the division keeps updating to make itself relevant. And there's something for me to go to. I'm just waiting. The number one, I know I, it's my number one hobby horse, but as soon as they add cross save yeah. on the division, I'll, yeah. I'll be back. Okay. But I want to play on my PC and I want to play on PlayStation with you guys. If like once once Ubisoft gives me the opportunity to do that, I will be back in. Um, yeah. But no, it's you know it, it's like Animal Crossing is the same thing, right? Like everyone's playing it right now. I think Animal Crossing still is peaking, and I think it will continue to. You peak. think it's going to get bigger? I don't know. I don't know. I, no, I, I think. I what think, does peaking I think, mean? I guess to you. I mean, I get it'll continue to be at the level that it, I don't think it's going to taper off until the lockdown ends, basically, because it's the ultimate lockdown game. Like, you know, you get to escape into a it's a game where you can actually go outside and, and hang out with friends, uh, which we can't do in the real life in, in real life right now. Um, I think I think it obviously it will taper off. But the great thing about Animal Crossing and all of these games is that these seasonal events bring you back in. You know, like even it, like, even it, like, like I guarantee you, like even people that have tapered off from Animal Crossing, like when Halloween rolls around, everyone, everyone will be back because they all want to be a part of whatever Halloween event. Dude, I can't and, the, and we said, <laughs> as, as Halloween, my favorite holiday, like right, it's going to be. I, be, annoyed, like, I like, can't, I can't wait. And I am back like, in the days of Warcraft. Some, bury me some candies or whatever. Give me some. Oh, jack I can't wait. Go, go trick or treating, and there's going to be all kinds of spooky events. I love it. Um, I used to love like Warcraft at Christmas time. Yeah, uh, oh, you yeah. know, like I just love those seasonal events. And what see, they, even that, even that, I think is the point is the, to to bring it back to Fortnite and in in Animal Crossing in the same vein, right? Because we're talking about similar things that will bring people back, but it will never bring it back to its peak. It will never bring it back to when it was the hottest thing in the world, right? I think that's right. Because even when Fortnite, got, uh, you know, be before they started uh, Chapter Two here, right, and blew up their world and sucked everything into the hole. Right. Even that was newsworthy and cool, but I didn't see that many. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I guess the people that I played with, I didn't see that many go, man, when they start chapter, chapter uh, season two, I got to jump in. I got I got to go see what it is. It was, oh, that's a really cool right. thing. I'll pay attention to it, but I'll see if I ever get to it. It's it's really, really hard for a game like Fortnite or any game to sustain dominance over the long okay. period in a, in a world in which there's always a new bright, shiny object. Like right now, Valorant is the bright, shiny object. Right. Everyone's playing that. That's extremely popular. And that's a direct competitor to Fortnite. Now, whether or not it's any better or worse than Fortnite, I don't know. I haven't played it. But what I do know is it's the new, it's new. It's the new it's hotness. Shiny. And that's everybody wants to check it out right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the, it's, I think what Fortnite is, is doing very cleverly is what all of these big games are doing now is that everyone's falling into this. There's a season, there's always a new refresh. They're, they're constantly providing new content, constantly, you know, building up to new, uh, events. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like WWE, right? Like even yeah. like, not, not everyone watches it every week, but you all, everyone likes to watch SummerSlam and WrestleMania and yeah. the big events and, and video games are now turning 
into these kind of calendar driven experiences, which I think is great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think Fortnite will ever get back to the top where it was, but I think it's still obviously the biggest thing going and does all these crazy things. Back to this question that I asked you a long time ago. I think it's probably a little bit of column A and a little column B of like they fell behind on what they wanted to do in in uh, chapter two, season three. God, it's confusing trying to remember all this shit. Uh, but also, yeah, working from home, I'm sure fucked everything up, but it also doesn't matter. Everything's getting delayed all the time now. So who cares, Gary? There's nothing to play. I hear you. I hate it. No, I'm kidding. There's tons of play. Uh, number two in the Roper Report, though. Let's talk about the cooking mama drama getting even weirder. Uh, we're going to read from G- James Bachelor <laughs> over at gamesindustry.biz. But have you kept up with this, Gary? Have you heard is about this, cooking is mama? It, is this the crypto thing? Yes, but no, it turns out. So if All you right, remember, so tell me. If you remember, they had talked about cooking mama cookstar coming out. Uh, it suddenly came out and then got taken down. Then there was no reason why that had happened. Everybody didn't know. Then there was a rumor that the reason they thought it was was the fact that it was because of this crypto thing. And now we have a real reason. So now we're going to read from James Bachelor at GamesIndustry.biz. Japanese games firm Office Create has clarified the confusion of the release of Cooking Mama Cookstar and is taking legal action against its publisher, Planet Entertainment. The Switch game was recently released in the U.S., Europe, and Australia, although listings were quickly pulled from stores, including the Nintendo eShop, and physical retailers listed it as out of stock. Initially, there were rumors that this was connected to or connected with blockchain functionality and accusations that it used the Switch's hardware to mine cryptocurrency, but the developer, First Playable, stated this was not the case. Now, a statement from Office Create reveals the reason... I'm sorry, and reveals the release was unauthorized and it terminated Planet Entertainment's license to use Cooking Mama's IP on March 30th. It is, quote, evaluating all legal action against Planet to protect its IP and customers. Quote, quote, unfortunately, the quality of the game builds fail to meet the standards that our customers expect and deserve, the company wrote. Office Create rejected a wide range of deficiency affecting the overall feel, quality, and content of the game. Yet, Despite being contractually obligated to correct the identified deficiencies and resubmit the corrected game for Office Create's approval, Planet proceeded to release Cooking Mama Cookstar without addressing all of the rejections and without Office Create's approval, end quote. Office Create terminated the license due to, quote, Planet's intentional material breach of the license contract and notes that the publisher continues to promote and sell Cookstar in willful violation of Office Create's rights. GamesIndustry.biz has reached out to Planet Entertainment for clarification and comment. Holy shit. So I, I try I try I tried to follow that and I, I don't know if I got the right takeaway from it, but the but the developer is unhappy that the publisher has been releasing builds that they don't think are good enough to release. Is that right? So it's that the people who own it, Office Create owns uh, the Cooking Mama IP, right? Okay. And so then they were working on the developer, First Playable, who were working with them to make the game. But the people who were publishing it were Planet Entertainment. So right. Planet Entertainment had been licensed to publish and do these uh, Cooking Mama games. And so on top, yeah, so on top of that one, I'm double checking as I go. So basically it's like if you, like let's, I'm not sure, maybe you do. You own Book of Eli, I don't know. But you, you own Book I, of Eli. I wish. Yeah, right. You own the book of Eli IP. You give it out to this publisher to work on this game, right? Uh, they're working on it and being like, okay, cool. Uh, they submit it to you for your final approval. And you're like, no, this fucking sucks. And then they're like, fuck you. And they release it. That's what happened. Okay. So where so did the whole crypto thing come from? That was a rumor. That, that was, I mean, like when this that happened, was there was bullshit? a- 
Yeah, well, apparently, right? Even Games Industries article, right? Uh, initially, there were rumors that this was connected with the blockchain functionality, the accusations uh, that it used Switch's hardware to mine cryptocurrency. But yeah, that apparent the developer first playable stated that was not the case. Now, a statement from Office Create reveals uh, the release was unauthorized and terminated Planet Entertainment's license to use Cooking Mama on IP, uh, as an IP on March. So, it, can you still go to the eShop and buy no, it? No, it's been removed from there. Okay, okay. But I think it's like it's if it's still out there in other in other avenues or other things, you can get. God, it. what a mess. Right? It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Frank Furter wrote in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. says, good morning, Greg and Gary. The Cooking Mama saga heats up as now Office Create is looking into legal actions against Planet Entertainment for releasing the game when advised not to and continue to sell well past the takedown notice of the digital version. My question is, what motive does Planet Entertainment have to keep trying to put this game on shelves sure it's selling in the aftermarket aftermarket like hotcakes due to the game probably never going to see the light of day but the game is unoptimized and frankly not fun even if it was i don't understand why they are shooting themselves further in the foot it's a great question frank further uh i would go even further back and be like what the fuck were they thinking period what was planet entertainment ever thinking with this that they were going to get away with this i mean they they do sound like the villains of the piece right so so office create own the ip Right. They license it to Planet Create to publish. Yeah. But then how? And then Planet Create have. Uh, sorry. Uh, I can't. I can't even keep track of the names anymore. But like, it's, so okay. Planet, it's, Planet it's, Entertainment have builds of the game that Office Create are telling them aren't good enough to release, but they release them anyway. Right. Okay. And they're clearly not good enough to release because once people get them, they can see that there's these problems. Correct. So I mean, just Planet IGN's so, review is Planet up just right sounds now like a shady operation glowing. to me. IGN's review right now is up, and it's a three Awful. Wow. Uh, Cookie Mama Cookstar is bogged down by monotony, poor motion controls, nightmarish voice acting, and practically nothing new to offer. Whether it's the lack of consequences for failure, the obnoxious voice acting, the bland single player modes, the lackluster multiplayer mini games, or the complete lack of meaningful progression, Cooking Mama Cookstar is a tedious game that does almost nothing well. Wow. The write-up from Travis Northup, by the way. That's a shame because Cooking Mama is a really well-liked franchise. So this is kind of a stain on its reputation. Well, totally. And I think, honestly, I yes, everything you just said is true. And that's why so many eyes were on this in a weird way, where I think, you know, dozens of games come out to the eShop every week. And I don't think people yeah. would notice if they got pulled down, nor would they be yeah. headline after headline. Yeah. But it's yeah. the fact that there is an affinity, for myself included, for Cooking Mama, right? That people love Cooking Mama. And so... It coming back, coming out of the blue, what is this game nobody really knows about gets people excited. And so you can see, I think, to some extent, both sides of this, where Office Create obviously is sitting there going, we have a reputation to uphold. We know we have a fan base. We need this game to hit certain levels of quality. You're not allowed to put this 3.0 awful fucking game out, right? Meanwhile, you have Plan Entertainment, I guess, thinking they're going to make a quick buck on this. And then I guess think that if they're, that they're they must think that legally they're within their rights that's the only way i can do it because there's no I way mean, you go i'm gonna make so much money on this that i'll be able to get out of any lawsuit this or- i mean this does sound to me like there's probably lawsuits you know being prepared right now I'm because sure, if i were sure. office create i would be furious because you know cooking mama is a is an ip that's worth a lot of money to my company and it's sold a lot of copies over the years and it's going to be worth more going forward by putting out against their wishes an inferior version of the game that that not just about that game is going to be bad but like that is going to diminish the value of the whole franchise going forward like the next cooking moms oh yeah but the people go oh but the last one was shitty so and I, so they don't buy it so this is like i can i don't think it would necessarily be difficult to make a legal case um that this is really inflicted serious kind of financial harm on them by diminishing the value of the brand 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I obviously a super weird one that continues to develop, but to get it out here and have it now be, it goes from nobody knows why this is happening to blockchain bullshit to now. No, they just released this game. We did. We told them not to release. That's a, that's an interesting one. Well, then IP is biggest cookie mama. Again, I'm right. sure smaller things like this happen all the time or have happened, but this is a head scratcher for me in terms what of a things dumb, I've seen what a dumb story. Uh, number three, Gary, and I want to have a bigger conversation about this as well. We want to say rest in peace to EGM again. Kinda, not all the way. Uh, this is Josh Harmon at EGM. Let's I get saw this yesterday. I read the little piece they put up. Let's get to the point. As of today, EGM will no longer be publishing the daily features that have defined the site since we relaunched last year. The site itself isn't going anywhere, and our feature archive will stay up for the foreseeable future. When we started working on this latest incarnation of EGM, we firmly believed that there was a need for more long-form feature writing about games, for thoughtful, in-depth articles about games, and the ways they intersect with culture and human stories. Other sites were, and still are, publishing work in that vein. But far, but far many more stories were going untold. We still believe this, more than ever in fact, even if EGM won't be the home to these stories anymore. The work we publish regularly featured in roundups of the best game of the best gaming writing like Critical Distance and Video Game Deep Cuts. Uh, the feedback we received from our readers, from talented writers, and from those working in the game industry was frequently, frequently astounding and humbling. This is, of course, a testament to the skill of the freelancers who were kind enough to bring their work to us. But we'd like to think it also validated our mission and our editorial vision. We are proud to have done something that didn't just generate traffic for sake of traffic, uh, to have published features that never felt disposable and were always rooted in, the se in a sense of humanity. Should the gaming press or game, or game journalism or games writing or whatever you want to call it lose the ability to seek out and tell original stories using the power of the written word, it won't just miss out on an enormous opportunity. It'll also be risking its own future. There's certainly a place for, for access journalism and for reporting PR announcements as news, but those things become less and less necessary as publishers build more channels for communicating directly with fans. Clickbait, listicles, and news cycle outrage pieces may generate page views, but they don't enrich the conversation around video games, and they're not enough to ensure a healthy, independent, and thoughtful gaming press. Our shared hobby deserves so much more. Then Josh followed up on Twitter because it was a little bit, I think so many people reported on the headline. Because there's apparently been some confusion, as of now, EGM's daily news coverage will continue. The features that were the focus and showpiece of the new site will not. Beyond that, I can't, cannot say what, if anything, the future has in store for EGM as a brand. Now, Gary, this strikes me more for both of us as the first, the lead off to Fortnite, right? Because frankly, I was not aware of what EGM was anymore or what it was doing now. You know what I mean? Like he talks about this. Apparently, it's part of the problem. Exactly. They talk about a site, they site relaunched, and this was a big part of it last year. And it's like, okay, I, I, I'm doing me wrong. That sucks. That's sad. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that they had site relaunched and they were doing long form content. And that was their, or their feature uh, part right. of it. Right. My question to you, Gary, is reading, uh, and now for you listening through to everything Josh had to say there, do you think there is still a place for long form games writing? Yes, I think, yes, I think so. Um, and that's, I think, demonstrated through uh, the great work that's still being done over at Polygon, over at Kotaku, mm -hmm. over at Waypoint. Um, games journalism over the years has really gotten a lot better and a lot more mature. When I, when I was editing PC Gamer, we were basically just a reviews catalog and we previewed games and reviewed games and interviewed developers. But we never really did like, I don't think, what you'd consider like penetrating, journalism. insightful. Yeah journalism with like you know a social aspect or a political aspect and so i think gaming journalism has grown up 
um, and and earned the title journalism much more than it ever did back when we were reading, you know, when you were reading, like when you read Game Pro, that wasn't fucking journalism or Nintendo Power. That wasn't journalism. They were they were catalog, they were product catalogs basically. Sure. And yeah, they reviewed the games. I think the, the reviews were legit and you could trust them, but there wasn't really much in the in the in the in the in the realm of like real journalism going on. There is now, and that's great. Uh and, and Polygon and Kotaku and uh and IGN and Waypoint and other sites like that are still doing great work. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you just hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, that you play that game with celebrities like dead or alive. You name some celebrity. Are they still dead or alive? You know, you don't know if you just said to me yesterday, okay, I'm going to throw some gaming outlets at, at, at you. Are they still going in some form or not? Yeah. I, I like, you said to me, okay, EGM, is that still a thing? I honestly couldn't have told you yeah. game. Like I'll give you another one. Game pro. Is that still a thing? Do you know? Game pro is not a thing anymore. No. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Does it have a website? I have no... Like, you have to look See, it the, up. Here's the thing. Before I even search it, you it's don't that even know if the it Game Pro and EGM we knew and grew up with and think about is no more. That's right. the thing. And I remember right. when... I still remember, you know, I think I still have it in a box somewhere because I, you know, EGM was my Bible growing up. EGM was okay. my fucking thing. I still have my PS2 launch thick-ass guide from EGM. I remember when EGM finally kicked the bucket and they put out their final magazine and i got yeah. that at ign and i was like holy shit like this is crazy and then i remember when egm now came around and i then remember all these soft reboots they've had a million times to the point of like no egm's not in my you know search bar in terms of where i would go look for it and so like with a name like game pro like i can't imagine nobody's picked that up to do anything with it right like are you no, googling it, to, it right now it goes to pcworld.com now so there okay yeah so game pro's dead yeah, so they snatched that up and shoved it um, in there. This, I mean, this is a sad one for me. I, I didn't grow up reading EGM or Game Pro the way that a lot of American kids did. I grew up reading Zap64 and, and Commodore User and Crash and uh, CNVG and those kind of magazines. We had different magazines in the UK. But I understand their historical importance. Like, and, and you know this, Greg, as well as I do. Those magazines that we read when we were kids, they were really meaningful to us. And I, I, oh, yeah. I, I still think back really, really fondly. That, those were how we connected to the world of games before websites, before kind of funny, before we had this wonderful world that we live in now, we anxiously awaited the arrival. You know, when that magazine dropped through our mailbox, that was really exciting. We couldn't wait to read oh, yeah. the latest reviews. And we felt like the reviewers were our friends and like the house style of the magazine became something that we really uh, familiar with. I actually worked briefly alongside the EGM guys back at Z I, I worked on a project at Ziff Davis for a short while. Uh, and I was right next door to EGM back when it was a print magazine. And, you know, Shane Bettenhausen and Dan Shu and those yeah, guys, Shoe, what up, baby? all great guys. Uh, and of course that's, it's all long gone yeah. and it's, and it's, and it's not, and it's not in any way an indictment of those magazines. They were great magazines, but the fucking world's moved on, Greg. People don't really read print magazines anymore. Well, do, um, here's the question though, Gary, do people still, do people really read anything? Cause that's more to my thing with, uh, Josh's stuff. Cause it, not Josh's stuff in particular, but Josh's letter here talking about EGM and long form writing and stuff. Cause I do think there's a place for long form writing. I do think it exists. You listed a whole bunch of different places, right? That right. all do awesome stuff and has that in there but as somebody who even when i was at ign what five years ago six years ago seven years ago like you were seeing that start to drop off and now we get to a point where i have a degree in journalism but all i do is talk anymore and podcast and make videos because there's an audience that's there's a business model and audience that makes more sense for that than a long but that's still journalism video. journalism isn't just the written word you can be a broadcast sure. oh journalist. i know but i know no 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 are. i know I'm saying I'm not saying that you know everybody who makes a fucking YouTube video or podcast is a chucklehead like me. I'm still say, I'm saying that, but I I do think that we are seeing the avenues for this stuff get smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. Right. No, I think I I think I think you're right, and 
you know, I do think there is still a place for the written word. I mean, and, and I know it's not just me. I mean, I, I like to read. I'm a writer. I like to read. Yeah. Um, but when I whenever I bellyache about this, as I do constantly, a lot of people, I know I'm not alone. Well, like, for example, I'll tell you this is a common scenario for me. Please I give see me a, a common scenario. Here's my common scenario. I see a tweet. I see a link that says something like, uh, here's like a really, here's a really interesting article, about, a piece about video games. I click on it. And it's a video and I fucking instantly switch it off because I wanted to read something. <laughs> no, that I'm not always, I'm not always sure. in the mood to watch something. I wanted to read something. And that, that happens to me all the time. And honestly, I think largely that big quote unquote pivot to video that happened a few years ago because there was this fallacious um, uh, feeling out there that people just wanted to watch video and didn't want to read anymore. It turned out not to be true. Mm. A lot of companies that pivoted to video a few years ago lost their shirts over it because it was it was wasn't true. People still wanted to read. They didn't want to watch video all the time. And video is still great. There's a place for it. Kind of Funny's built on that. It's terrific. You know, Kind of Funny has no no has no um, you know reading uh, has no written articles at all. Sure, and yeah, that's yeah. that's fun. That's what Kind of Funny is you know a lot specialized right that's what you you, you've carved out that place and you're very very good at it sites like ign uh and polygon and kataku are a mix of are are a mix of both but sometimes i don't want to sit through a 10 minute video i want i want to i want to read something and and the the fact is as well since a lot of these companies have only been learning how to do video quite recently it's still not very good uh, you know the, the 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 video component of a lot, of a lot of these gaming websites aren't you know isn't great. You can you can tell it's it's journalists that sign up to write articles who are now been now been shoved in front of a camera and told to be broadcasters and they're not necessarily uh, brilliant at it. Um, yeah. You know it's it's a whole new skill set that you have to that you have to learn. So I I still think there's a place for the written word. There's but EGM is a really interesting case study because when I read that uh, article yesterday. And they, they're kind of farewell article, and they had links to some of the really interesting. Pe- I, I read, I read some of those pieces. I was like, oh shit! Like, I, I, I wish, I wish I'd have known that they were doing this because I would have read these articles. Yeah. I had no idea EGM was doing this kind of work, and I don't know if that's a failure of communication or there's just too much stuff out see, there. See, I think it's see. This is back to my point: is that I still think there's a place for long form journalism. I think the problem is there are too many places now. There are too many things going on in that. Even for EGM doing this, and this is me reading the letter from Josh and applying what he's talking about there. Right? Even using it with freelancers, I think it's hard to make that then a destination for this is where I go to get the opinion of Gary, of Andrea, whoever, you know what I mean? Like of Damon at IGN. Like if you are or like, cause I mean, right now, like think about Jason, right? When you I, I we always say, Oh, Jason from Kotaku, Jason Schreier and Kotaku are synonymous, right? Of like what Jason's doing at Kotaku trying to write and what that means. So that I think I would argue without, I mean, I'm talking out my ass a bit because I go to Kotaku for Jason's articles and I think a lot of people do that as well. I think that they th- that is what they think of when they think of it. It's the same way of like, when you think of uh, Vice, formerly Waypoint, right? I think of Klepek, I think of Austin. Like, I feel like that's the kind of identity you need in the same way if you, hey, I want to see fucking Greg eat an Oreo, you think it kind of funny. And so you're coming here for that kind of thing. You're coming for, so like, you can say, you can, I think that it's really hard to start up a site and not have a locked in personality and that there's just going to be a bunch of freelancers doing different things and maybe not have one that's a, a huge draw or a tentpole to build around and try yeah, to build around. You're absolutely right. And like the, the, the kind of articles that, that, that Jason and, and Clapic and these guys are writing are really important. Like, you know, like that, 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 you know, that massive piece that Jason dropped last year about, you know, why, you know, the, the, the really deep dive into why Anthem failed. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I don't, I guess you could have done that as a video. 
but it worked better as a piece of written journalism. Sure. There's, there's, I, I think there's still room for it. I think that there's still an appetite for it. But again, I don't, I don't know the metrics. I'm not behind the scenes at, at Vice or Polygon or Qatar. Right, I don't right, know right. how many people the are reading these articles. Like. The fact that EGM, which, which has you know, a very, very well-known brand, Maybe it may be a bit of an old school brand. Maybe it's something that like young kids growing up to like you and I That's grew 100%. up knowing what EGM is, but the, yeah. ne- the, the new generation of, of uh, hip young uh, youths who are playing video games these days probably couldn't tell you what EGM uh, stood for. I mean, again, the, 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 I mean, you know, the, the, the very name is out of date, right? Electronic Gaming Monthly. Electronic Gaming, electronic gaming Monthly sounds like something from the fucking Bronze Age. Right, yeah. like it—it it sounds old-fashioned, which is why they—I guess why they went uh, to you know most people probably could not tell you that IGN originally stood for Imagine Games Network. Now it doesn't yeah. stand for anything. You know, it's just IGN. It's just there, like the letters don't actually mean anything. Um, and so, you know, we're we're going we're going through a generational transition right now, and I think a lot of the value, the old brand names like GamePro and EGM and even PC Gamer that I used to work on. Um, just, you know, they, they, you know, I, younger kids just don't fucking care. I don't think. Sad. They don't understand their history. Says me who got EGM at his desk when he worked at IGN and never read it. They just piled up and I never actually cracked this month, but uh, back when I was growing up, you're the problem, Greg. No, the world's the problem, Gary. Electronic Gaming Monthly, we do a show called Kind of Funny Games Daily, and if we wanted, we could do one Kind of Funny Games Hourly. There's enough shit yeah. happening all the time. Yeah. Kind of Funny Games every 15 minutes, we could do it. Tim, think about it. Number four on the Roper Report, uh, Gamescom Live is officially iced. That's the live event. IGN updated their post to the original story. If you remember, we were going to get an update in mid-May of like, how are they going to handle it? The update has come from the German government. The German government has announced that all major events in the country are will be prohibited until August 31st, meaning that Gamescom will almost certainly not take place as an in-person show this year. Organizers for Gamescom, which is due to take place uh, between August 22nd and 24th, which isn't exactly correct, and I'll get to in a second, in some form, uh, have, you have yet to issue a public uh, statement on it. If you remember in the original thing, there was uh, the update when uh, Keeley and the people from uh, uh, Gamescom were talking about it. Uh, they said fans can expect opening that live uh, and the Gamescom Now portal to return as the event determines how to expand its digital strategy. Gamescom will still take place. From August 25th to the 29th, with the DevCom Developer Conference set August 22nd through the 24th. So I think uh, IGN's update just talked about the DevCom stuff, not bringing in the fact that it's more like the 22nd through the 29th. And when they put out their statement originally, they said, Gamescom is happening. It might just have to be digitally. And this makes it seem like it's definitely going to have to be digitally. Yeah. And and I hope they do do that. I mean, I, I personally think the say have very, very badly in not, in not pivoting to a digital event. We all assume they would. Why they're not? Well, next year I, it absolutely to baffles me. But yeah, and look, any any anyone over the past few weeks who thought that Gamescom was going to go ahead is a big dummy. Just just like just like all the people that that thought E three was going to go ahead or were arguing that it should go ahead until the very last minute. What, what it was they weren't seeing that was blindingly obviously to the rest of us. I I I don't know. Uh, but it is obviously it is blindingly obvious to everyone at this point. This isn't really news, you know. If, if something's inevitable, no, it's just, hey, is it really news? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something that had to happen. Why it took this long to happen, I don't know. What what would people like Trump just miraculously hoping this thing would fucking Easter. go away overnight? You know, like come on, that was never going to happen. Get real. Um, you know, the, the 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 idea that any event like this uh, is would, would take place is is fantasy fantasy land uh, at this point. 
And, you know, I, I, I this and this is when the media outlets have to step in. IGN's doing this, got this event coming up, Summer of Gaming, where, yeah. you know, they're, they're stepping in and basically doing the ESA's job uh, for them. You know, the kind of funny, this is, this is like kind of funny game showcase. This is where those kind of events can step in and and provide the kind of content that, frankly, the ESA should be doing. I don't, I, re- I really, really w- would love to talk to the people at the ESA and say, why aren't you doing anything? Because like, your job us. is to put on E3 every year. Because everybody hates us. Nobody wants to work with us. Nobody wants Maybe. to. Why, what, what encourages then, then why Then why do you exist? What's the, what, what's the point? Ding, 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 Gary. Let's see what happens. Let's see how E3 looks next year. That's it. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. Do you think there's a, a realistic chance E3 is just done? Like it'll just never come back? It's always so hard to say because it's similar to EGM. Even when EGM was done, it came back twice now, three times now. Like I, I don't – I think that – even if E3 in the ESA close up shop, I think next summer in the normal time period, there would be something. And I don't know who's doing it. I don't know how successful it would be. I don't know how big it would be. I don't know if it's in LA. I don't know any of those things, but I think E3 as we know it, yeah, is probably done so. I mean, I, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of, you know, we've talked about this a lot in the, in the, in the broader kind of social context, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, but it'll be a while, but we will eventually go back to something like normal. But it won't be the normal that existed before. It'll exactly. be a different normal. Like some something, many many things are going to be changed irrevocably. It's it's weird to think that you know we're living through history right now, Greg. People will be talking about this in a hundred years, yeah. um, and you know we're living through it. And you know, not not to get like too political, but like pretty much every single horrible flaw in our modern society has been laid bare and exposed by, oh, yeah. by this thing. All of the social inequality, all of the economic inequality, um, all of the all of the, the health uh, system injustice and shit like that, it's all being laid bare. Every seam and, is exposed, yeah. Every seam is exposed. And so when this is over, it really behooves us as a society to, to recognize that and start fixing this shit. Now, yeah. just, just in our little corner of the universe, yeah, we're now asking ourselves the question, do we know do we do we do we really need e3 like we got by without it fine just fine because ign are kind of funny and other outlets stepped in and basically did a better job than the esa was well, it's not do. even us it's just i mean that's the biggest thing is like it, you know is e- I, I say e3 is done right because i do feel it's going to be this thing of you know ubisoft and everybody uh, every other developer under the sun and, and publisher and then people banding together all these people are going to band together and make digital events and be like oh man this actually was great this was easier and we had a more control and we got the message right to our people and everybody loved it more. Right. Yeah. Okay. Why would we pay thousands of dollars to the ESA to go to the LA convention center? to Just be a major, major, I, 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 I feel like a major derelict. Fr- frankly, the ESA have been going down here and you three great. That to me was bleeping you left and right. History, 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 history will, uh, will regard that as the beginning of the end, the day that they crossed Greg Miller. Oh, no, um, yeah. Once E3 did that to me, I put a hex on him. You know what I mean? And like, and, like, and, 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 and look where they are now. He 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 who laughs last last uh, laughs longest. And like it, it, I, I don't understand it at all. Like ESA's job is to put on a show every year. Yeah. And we live in a digital world. If they can't put on a physical show, do what everyone else is doing and pivot to digital. The fact they just kind of went, oh well, guess we don't do it. Won't do anything. Just like I don't know. Why don't you get a job? You know, to, to the people at ESA, I would say, why don't you get a job you like? You know, because they apparently don't want to do this one. 
Uh, I wonder, I, I don't know, this is not traditional gaming news, but as we talk about, you know, do you think E3 would be back next year or whatever? The question is, will anything be back next year? Did you see this here? The Mercury News, coronavirus. Concerts, sports may not return return until fall 2021, expert says. Uh, this is Jim Harrington at mercurynews.com. Uh, missing going to concerts, sports games, and other large events? Better get used to it, says Zeke Emanuel, noting that it could be m- a much longer wait that many than many suspect before those things return to our lives. Emmanuel, vice provost, uh, provost uh, for global initiatives and the director of the Healthline Transformation Institute at the University of Pennsylvania and host of the coronavirus podcast, Making the Call, tells the New York Times it could be well over a year before we're going to concerts and sporting events again. Quote, large gatherings, conferences, concerts, sporting events. Uh, When people say they're going to reschedule this conference or graduation event for October 2020, I have no idea how they think that's a plausible possibility, he is quoted as saying. I think those things will be the last to return. Realistically, we're talking fall 2021 at the earliest. So yeah, I mean, and the sooner we all accept that reality the better i think like get used to it this is this this is not going to be easy you know we're not anywhere close to being out of this yet i like the fact that cuomo and other people are starting to talk about at least thinking about what the light at the end of the tunnel will look like that gives us something to to think about and be optimistic about but in reality we're nowhere close to that so and the last thing that's going to come back on stream is mass mass gatherings like rock concerts and sporting events and uh, video game conventions um and stuff like that forget about it forget about it and, you know, I understand why it's hard for a lot of us to accept because we live in a we live in a society, especially here in America, where we're used to instant gratification, instant satisfaction, getting what we want when we want. Now, for the yeah, first time in yeah. now, for the first time in our lifetimes, we're being asked to to get by with less and to and to and to suffer a little bit and to be deprived. And Oh, you know what? Guess what? You can't fucking have everything you want all the time. Um, and you're just going to I'm sorry. There's just nothing that can be done about that. And it's almost like having to talk to a child. To, when when you talk to you know uh, uh, you know us, us coddled uh, Westerners uh, who live in these very rich capitalist societies, we're just we're just not used to we're having used to, to, it, to get right? by yeah. with less. Mm-hmm. Now we have to do it, and I understand why people um, are, are are upset because this is the life that they've led their whole lives. Like, I, I just have whatever I want when I want it, and no one can tell me what. Especially here in America, this is America. We can do what we want, and that's why you've got these idiots up until the last minute. We're still going to the beach, going, "This is America." Yeah, and and there's a fucking killer virus in America right now. So you know, grow up and stay home and 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 learn. Even for just a few months of your very long life, learn to fucking get by with less for a little bit more, and maybe it'll do you good in the long run to 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 understand what it's like to be at the to be at the other end of economic society where you don't get everything you want all the time, where you do have to make choices. You can have this or that, but you can't have everything all at once. Maybe maybe it'll actually maybe it'll actually put a bit of backbone in our society uh for us to 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 be deprived and to say you know it's not because it's not because of a war or anything that we brought upon ourselves it's because it's it's something that nature did to us so like no one's to blame i mean obviously leadership is to blame for not you know dealing with it properly and making it worse than it needed to be but you know this this is a little this is a little um, reality check from 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 uh from mother nature to 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 realize that you can't fucking have whatever you want all the time and just for this short period we have to learn to uh, to get by with less i realize this is coming to you uh, or you hadn't heard this thing about 2021 did you until today no just now but I'm, i doesn't surprise me i, I was I, gonna I, say I that was my thing do you think it's i obviously it's one person's opinion granted he's university of pennsylvania he knows what he's talking about uh do you think it's 
Is that trying to temper everybody for the long haul? Or do you think that's actually more than likely that we're not going to have a gaming convention until 2021? I, you know, I, I, I would, I would, I would um, under promise and over deliver than over and under under deliver. So rather than, I I would rather, rather than unlike Trump going around saying, oh, you know, we're going to be back in business, you know, in a couple of months, which is going to end, which is only going to shoot himself in the foot because that's not going to be the case. And he'll have to go back to his old act of saying, well, I never said that, like he does with every other fucking wrong thing he says every single day. Mm-hmm. I would rather be like Cuomo or any of the other, or the scientists who are out there saying, no, this is going to be hard. This is going to take a while. Like you're going to you're, you're gonna have to suck it up for a bit. This is not going to be easy. And then if it turns out being better than that, great. I'll be, I'd, I'd rather be pleasantly surprised than disappointed. Yeah. Uh, in this vein, I have breaking news for you. A new number five, Kevin, if you're keeping notes. Uh, the Indie Mega Booth has posted over on IndieMegaBooth.com. Farewell for now. A letter from Kelly Wallach, founder of the Indie Mega Booth. Of course, Indie Mega Booth, if you're not familiar, uh, the huge part of every PAX where all the interesting games are, giving indies a, an awesome avenue to come showcase their work there. Hey, everyone. I wanted to share with you all some news about the Indie Mega Booth. Due to circumstances around COVID-19 and the cancelization of many in-person events and the high level of uncertainty, we're planning to sunset Indie Mega Booth for the duration of the pandemic. After nine years of working on and building the IMB, uh, it was a difficult and disappointing decision to make. Realistically, though, we're a small team and this situation is bigger than us. Our primary focus right now is to stay healthy and safe through the COVID-19 situation that it's as it's unfolding. Sorry. The IMB team will stay on for this month to give a bit of softer landing and to help people support and to help support the steam sale we've been organizing uh, for early May, which we're now affectionately calling going away parentheses for now sale. Uh, My hope is that the steam sale will provide an opportunity for you all to discover some great games and to create an opportunity for folks to pitch in and say thanks. The developers participating will do a pay-what-you-want revenue share at the end, and we've set up a PayPal link for anyone who just wants to contribute to IMDb or IMD directly. Uh, the proceeds will be used to wrap up our financial obligations, set aside some money for maintenance, and help support the transition. Think of it as a thank you for our work in the past and to help us land on our feet. I've poured my heart and soul into building this and am constantly humbled and honored by, by our community and the games industry, which has been so welcoming and supportive. It's been an incredible journey, and I can't believe that all of this was even possible in the first place, let alone for nine years. Although this is really sad, I want to celebrate all the good we were able to do together and the impact we had, we all had on the indie scene as it was expanding and changing over the last decade. The best way to help support IMB right now is to help us kick off the end of this era with a bang during the Steam sale and send any love and happy memories our way. I'll be keeping the alumni list, mailing list, Discord, and social media challenge chan- channels alive while we're in hibernation. But this work will not be as active, since I'll be the only one maintaining things for now. Looking forward to the future, and hope everyone is staying so- safe and healthy. Much love, Kelly, in the Indie Mega Booth team. Super sad, Gary. Yeah, it's kind of a bittersweet story, isn't it? I mean, it is, it is ultimately sad. But it's tinged with this, like, there's, there will be light at the end of the tunnel. They're doing what they can in the meantime, the Steam sale and other things that they can do digitally to, to kind of keep, you know, the pulse going. Yeah. Uh, to keep the heartbeat of this thing going, while, like you said, while it's in hibernation, life support, whatever you want to call it. They'll be back. Um, and, you know, like I said, this, this, too, this too shall pass. But, yeah, yeah, in the meantime, it's really, really sad. My heart really goes out to indie developers uh, and indie publishers who don't have the kind of uh, infrastructure and financial resources to weather this the way that the big AAA companies do. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's 
you said uh, even Kelly's thing is goodbye for now, but that's right. always such an uncertain statement, right? And I think you talk about momentum being such a big part of it, where for nine years the indie mega booth has been building to the point where honestly, for me, that's what PAX is about. PAX is about going to there, seeing the audience, doing panels, and going to the indie mega booth. It's I stop by, I'll swing by PlayStation's booth to say hi to developers or people working in the booth that I know and you know buy a t-shirt, but I'm usually not there to see those games because I've seen them usually at another show. It's about going to the indies and seeing these new things and seeing who is on the stations for that day. Like that's such a big part of it. That's that's always my favorite part of like of PAX or let's talk about PAX specifically. When I was at PAX West last year, you walk around, you know, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, all the the EA, all the big mega companies that you know. But there's no, and it's nice to see that. So, but there's no surprises there. You know what they're going to be showing. But what my favorite part of going to going to a show like PAX is going into that into that little uh that crazy little kind of diagon alley of of the indie mega yep. booth you know where yep. you never know what you're going to find you know it's like, oh what's this like some little game you've never heard of like you can make you all these wonderful um little discoveries that you can make i discovered a bunch of cool little games um i can't i'm, I'm gonna blank on the name of it right now but there was a little steam game there and it was and it was a um maybe someone in chat can remind Persona me because i thought about it at the time it was a dating game but it was a dating game uh, for seniors, and it was about finding love again, like in a in like in a in like in a in a senior's rest home, and it was just this really really cool little sweet idea, and it was a really fun little game, and I thought it was delightful, and like dozens of little discoveries like that, these kind of games that don't have the marketing budgets to break through to the yep. mainstream. When you go to Indie Mega Booth, like that's the biggest thing for me, the biggest difference. Sony, uh, I, okay, yeah, Iron Man V, I knew I, that's cool. I knew you were showing, like I, I knew it though, because there's no big surprises at these shows. Go to the go to the indie indie mega booth, and you are. It's like going to like a like a cool like kind of Middle Eastern bazaar or something with all these different stores. And oh, what's that, what's this wonderful flavor? This aroma over here. What could that be? I get to try some exotic food I've never. Oh, it's called later daters. Leah just remembered called later daters. That was the, that was the senior uh, dating game. Really, later really daters, cool. That's a great name. Later daters, and um, I would never have known about that game if I hadn't gone to indie mega booth. And there are so many other games like that. Uh, where you get to sample and try all these kind of crazy exotic foods that you otherwise would never, yeah. You know, you can go to McDonald's whenever. Any, every, any, everyone is there. It's no surprises for you at McDonald's. Sure. Um, but when you when you go to the indie mega booth, you get to try all these kind of weird, different exotic flavors that you never would have tried otherwise. Well, the, and that's the thing is, I worry even if they're going to come back, I worry about how this fucks up the momentum and what they've done right and. Are they ready to come when PAX decides they're ready to come back? Is Indie Mega Booth ready to come back? And do they have to spin back up? Because I mean, they had a team working on it, right? So if it's Kelly running it by herself, that team is inevitably going to move on and do other projects, not have as much time. Their life changes. You know, you get back in here, are you going to have the same amount of space? Are you going to have the same developers? Even if they can't get it and they don't have as much room, that means less indie developers are actually at the Indie Mega Booth making their game. Like, right. I, I don't get me wrong. I know, of course, we have to talk about every time we talk about anything related to coronavirus. This is the ripple in our world when there are literally people dying right now from it. I get that. I'm right. not trying to say this is apples to apples, but as we talk about this on a game show, I think it's important to no, I, and and not, and not to minimize it at all because you're right. In the broader context, this is this is a this it's is a smaller issue than people right. dying. And uh, but look, this is like in, look, we, we're here to talk about games and we care about games. And indie developers are going to get hit really hard by this. And that and the, in, in our little corner of the universe, that matters. Yeah. 
Uh, number six on the Roper Report. This is another breaking item that is kind of bullshit. I would have told you already, but I saw the chat light up with it. I saw your wrong light up with it. Amazon France has posted a whole bunch of fucking shit that's making the world flip out. Wario64 has put them all up. Uh, he has Persona 5 Royal listed for PC on Amazon France. Then he has Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection, is listed for PC on Amazon fa- France. Then Gran Turismo Sport is listed for PC on Amazon France. And then the backbreaker has show you this is bullshit. The Last of Us Part 2 is listed for PC on Amazon France. Uh, PCGamer.com doing the real work out there has a quote from Sega. This is Wes Felton. Sega says Persona 5 listing for PC on Amazon France is an error. The actual quote is, I reached out to Sega uh, about Persona 5 Royal who told me, quote, that listing is an error and we're looking into having it taken down and how it happened. So everybody, slow your fucking roll. You're not getting all these fucking games. on. I mean, some of those you might get eventually. PlayStation already putting a few things on PC. But Last of Us Part 2, you're not getting anytime soon on PC. So Calm no, you're not. Down. But one, I mean, I was just make a general point. One of the PC gaming and PC gaming still fucking annoys me immensely all the Thank time. You. And a lot of things that you, you say, Greg, when you make fun uh, of, of PC gaming, are, are, are right. You're you're right when I'm you make right. a lot of those criticisms. I know. It. Um, you know, I was a PC gamer for a long time. I was editor chief of PC Gamer magazine for a long time. But because I play a lot of PC games, I'm also in the position to know that PC gaming can often be a colossal pain in the ass of course having said that Mm -hmm. there are some really great benefits you know and i won't get into like the technical stuff but one of the things i love about pc gaming is that is that the pc platform is is removed from the traditional console wars like if you have an xbox you're never going to play death stranding if you have a p if you have a playstation you're never going to play halo but on pc you can play both because (laughs) They will they 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 will bring those games to just you. Just a few years later, and you can play all those games you want, right? You trying to sit there through another like fucking TurboTax and a Minesweeper, maybe a couple fucking. No, and the and the and the new and the new Halo is day and day on all on on PC and Xbox. That's so, but wouldn't you rather play it on your Xbox One or Series or Xbox Series X, whatever the fuck? It is. Number I mean, seven I on the Roper Report. Play it on my PC that's already five times as powerful. As yeah, that. but then guess what's going to happen is I'm going to put out all these. No, fuck that. Actually, wouldn't happen with that one. I was going to make a cross-platform joke, but that'll probably be fine, right? But anyway, <laughs> number seven. Uh, this is gonna, we'll go quick on this one. Uh, Pokemon Go is adding remote raid passes. Uh, with a remote raid pass, an upcoming new item, uh, you'll be able to join any raid battle you can see on the nearby screen or that you can tap on the map. Uh, only one remote raid pass will be required to join each raid, and you'll be able to hold a limited amount of remote raid passes at a time. Uh, there's more on this, obviously, but we're running late. If you know Pokemon Go and you care, look into that. Of course, this is, again, Niantic and Pokemon Go uh, being a game that encouraged you to wander the streets with strangers, now <laughs> pivoting to fuck how can we keep you playing this game from the safety of your house in again it is cool to see them coming in and making concessions and making changes and trying to stay relevant in a world right 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 drastically changed around them i hear you gary yes i can't wait to tell you about what's coming to mom and grop shops but first I want to tell you about the sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, uh, you can write in and be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can also get the post show each and every weekday, and you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Hims. Uh, you know Hims because we talk about it all the time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Hims has been a supporter of Kind of Funny for a long time. That's why we want you to support them. Uh, Hims, of course, is a one-stop shop for skincare, uh, sexual wellness, and uh, hair. That's what Andy and 
uh, Nick use it for. They noticed their hair was thinning. They reached out on forhims.com. Uh, they talked to a doctor uh, confidentially, discreetly, on their own timetable. They didn't need to go uh, to a waiting room. They didn't need to make an appointment. They didn't need to get across town. They just set up a time on forhims.com, talked to a doctor. Uh, the doctor, you know, went through their medical history, uh, looked at what they needed, uh, said, hey, what's up with this? And Andy was like, I play a guitar. And he's like, that's not relevant information right now. Instead, though, the doctor prescribed them uh, medication to treat hair loss. Uh, of course, uh, Hims connects you with the real doctors online, and you save hours and all this different stuff. You answer a few quick questions, doctor will review, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that's shipped directly to your door. Uh, right now, our listeners can get started with their first month free. Go to forhims.com slash games daily. That's forhims.com slash games daily. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Uh, this offer is valid only if prescribed. Three month minimum subscription, additional restrictions apply. See the website for full details and safe, important safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash games daily. Up next, it's Quip. Quip, makers of the electric toothbrush, want you to know there's one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It's simply this. If you have good habits, you're good. Uh, that means brushing twice a day for two minutes, flossing regularly, and no matter what brand you use, taking care of them chompers. Uh, you know, kind of funny is a Quip family. Uh, I have it. Tim has it. Jen has it. Joey has it. Gia has it. Uh, Nick has it, I believe. I forget if Blessing ever got on the train, but basically Quip is the thing that comes around and says, hey, moron you weren't brushing your teeth long enough and you go really and then you, you get it and you're like oh yeah uh what it is of course is a little toothbrush you get you pop it in your mouth you hit the button and it goes you brush for 30 seconds then it vibrates you switch around to all the quadrants two minutes later you're done and you're like man i was not brushing my teeth long enough on top of that though uh they ship the brush heads directly to your door every three months along with a new battery you can get floss with it you can get toothpaste with it basically you can put your mind on autopilot for when you need to switch your toothbrush before i used quip this was always a problem I'd pick up this toothbrush and I'd be, you know, months probably way too late. I'd be like, this thing is Garbo. Why am I still using it? Quit make sure that never happens. Uh, so join over 3 million healthy mouths and get quip today, starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games, G E T Q U I P.com slash games, quip the good habits company. Gary, I'm excited to get to a point where social distancing is over and I can see Blessing's teeth again up close and personal and see how that quip worked. But that's still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shop, where would I go? Oh, God, I can't remember. I, I'm blanking on it. Let me try. I'm doing, I'm doing my best here. Bear with me. The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. How was that? You missed one word. You switched out. You said uh, it's across each and every platform. I think you said on each and every platform. Yeah, that's that's like not a, bad, though. That's like a 98%. I got that like a 95 from the judges on that one. Exactly. Uh, out today, Fantasy Star Online 2 is on Xbox One. Vampire, The Masquerade, Coteries of New York is on Xbox One. Blind Men is on Xbox One. Fishing Sim World. Pro Tour Collection is out. I don't have date for some reason. I don't have where that game went to. Double Doubles Hard is on Switch. Rock and Roll Pinball is on PC. Circle Empire Rivals is on PC. Jade Cicada is on PC. Area 86 is on PC and Mac. Super Bounce Ball PC. Uh, and then Viking Heroes is on PC as well. 
new dates for you. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey, friend of the show at IGN, says developer Saber Interactive, who was recently acquired by the Embracer Group for an industry-rattling $525 million, has announced World War Z, World War Z Game of the Year Edition. Uh, the new package uh, for the co-op third-person shooter will include new content, such as weapon packs, uh, character packs, and most notably, a th- new three-mission PvE episode set in the French city of Marseille. Uh, it also packs in all the previously released DLC. A Nintendo Switch version is also in development, though no release date has been confirmed. You can get Game of the Year on May 5th for $50 on Xbox and PlayStation 4, uh, $45 in the Epic Game Store. Then Kevin at GameSpot writes, Capcom is rolling out another new update for Monster Hunter World's Iceborne expansion next week. Title update 13.5 arrives on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on April 23rd and introduces two new monster variants to hunt along with new equipment to forge. Uh, Pixel Rip 1995 VR retro gaming homage to the the 90s launches April 23rd on Oculus Quest and Rift and Steam. PlayStation VR is coming in May. F1 2020 is uh, coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Stadia, July 10th, 2020. And then Landlords Super launches April 30th on Steam Early Access. Deals of the day for you. Uh, Xbox has a tweet up right now. The Xbox One X is now $299. That's a $100 discount. I'm not sure if that's everywhere or just through Xbox.com. You can check the tweet. And then Game Pass uh, is getting an update for PC. These are the games coming soon to PC. Uh, Deliver Us, The Moon, uh, Gato, Roboto, Gears Tactics, Hyper Dot, Level Head, The Long Dark, and Machinarium, which I always screw up when I try to say it because it's a weird title for me, a stupid kid. I don't know Here. why people slept on World War Z, Greg, but I, was, I, I did at the time when it first came out. I, a couple of play it they needed a they needed an extra yeah. player to play in their squad and i and i played a couple of nights with them i gotta say i really enjoyed it it really scratches that left for dead itch totally right yeah i, I remember playing in previews and liking it and when it launched i got you the code and we had the best intentions of playing yeah and i fucked up i didn't get to play it but then like, i had a second opportunity because i only want to play with friends i don't want to play with randos yeah, or by myself random. but I, a couple of writer friends of mine who who play regularly said hey do you want to we need a we need an extra man do you want to come in and I played, and I really, really enjoyed it. And the one thing it does incredibly well is, remember how the movie did those like big swarms, yeah. like the tidal waves of, of zombies? It, it does that brilliantly, brilliantly well. Um, and I really, really enjoyed playing it. We should boot it up, man. Blessing yeah. was just talking about this the other day, too. We could boot it up with him. Yeah. I'd say Kevin could, too, but he won't download it, just like he didn't do the division like he said he would. But this is a great segue to squad up where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games give me your name username platform choice and why you need help in a video game i read here the best friends come and find you and everybody plays games together today grayling thibodeau no it's thibodeau right thibodeau uh needs help on the xbox he puts in parentheses the best best box uh, his gamer tag is oh, MF xbox space 98 space paint or you can get him on activision at grayling hashtag one four three five seven nine nine Good morning, Gary and Greg. I was recently laid off last week, so what better time to squat up with some best friends in Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, or Apex? I'm available at all random hours because of the whole not having a job and whatnot. <laughs> Thanks and have a blessed day. Everybody hit up Grayling if you want to play some games on Xbox. Again, Activision code Grayling, hashtag 1435799. That reminds me, I actually got to get back into playing some Warzone. That game really got its hook. And then Animal Crossing, right up until that point. Yeah. Warzone was 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 the most fun I've played, had playing a, a first person shooter since uh, PUBG, and I haven't played PUBG in like over a year. Really, really, really liking Warzone a lot. Okay, played some with Snowbike Mike. Uh, really good yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Gary, I have a required reading from you. Of course, okay. it's from Jason at Kotaku. Uh, headline is this. 18 months after Red Dead Redemption 2, Rockstar has made big cultural changes. Of course, Jason reported on all the trouble and the crunch and all that stuff at Rockstar uh, back when this was happening. Now he's got an update here. Uh, I pulled a more... Uh, his intro is recapping all of it, so I'm jumping into the article and giving you just a couple graphs. Again, Kotaku, go check it out. Now, however, the climate appears to be shifting at the long-running game studio. Interviews with 15 people who either work at Rockstar or left within the last year paint the picture of a company that's changing in significant ways as one rockstar staffer described to as one described it to kotaku management seems to now be set on quote running the company like a company rockstar declined to provide an interview or comment for this story Quote, it does seem like a healthier culture culture overall, said a second Rockstar developer. We'll see in a year or two if I'm pulling my hair out, but it does seem like we're moving in the right direction for being a company the size we are, end quote. Even today, with production slowed down and staff working from home due to the coronavirus pandemic, the company's management seems to be saying the right things. Quote, they keep emphasizing that it's normal to not be productive and our focus should be on our health and taking care of our families, said a third Rockstar employee. employee. So definitely a required reading, obviously. Yeah, we want this is what people always talk about this like, oh man, like what Jason's, you know, kicks over all these rocks. And you know, obviously Cecilia too with her riot coverage. Uh, you know, they do all these different things. Like, does it actually matter? And here you see like it actually matters, right? If we sound the klaxon that there's trouble, it can lead to positive change, apparently, obviously. Yeah, I and I and I applaud that. And again, you know, it's it's one it's one thing to say that they're doing it, it's another thing to do it. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, again, this is why gaming journalism matters. Hopefully the mm-hmm. likes of, of Jason and, and the other journalists out there will continue to uh, monitor that and keep their feet to the fire and report back if, if it turns out that they're um, not doing those things. It's, you know, it's, 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 a real, it's a real issue. I mean, even, you know, companies like Naughty Dog that, you know, we, I thought of as one of the good guy uh, developers. You know, it's, we saw these reports recently that they've had big issues with crunch yeah, culture. and issues with their company culture. And it's, it's rife. It's everywhere. Um, and it needs to change, and uh, I'm, and, and this is one of this is one of the reasons why real gaming journalism matters. Is because if they if if the media um, uh, doesn't hold doesn't hold them accountable, do you, do you think they're going to hold themselves accountable? No, nothing will change until until they're kind of shamed uh, into doing it. So uh, good for Jason and good for Rockstar if that's indeed what they're doing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your wrong. So for people watching live on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, go to kindoffunny.com slash your wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Gary, perfect show. As always, a perfect call, Greg. Although your wrongs were breaking news because so much of stuff was happening, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Sometimes I don't do it because I want to hold it till the next news day. But these things with Amazon France, it all got resolved as we went. The Indie Mega Booth was actually sent by my wife, Jen, back there somewhere. Uh, yeah, so great show, Gary. Great job. You know what I mean? It's never, it's ne- it's never, we never do a bad show, Greg. We're just too we never good. Do. No, that's 100%. effortless. We make it look easy. It's effortless. Now, put, see, some tomorrow- other, put, put some other bozos on here and let them let- and do what we we make it that's like, what i was gonna say tomorrow it's me and blessing and then friday it's blessing and me can we can hold the candles to the show probably not i drag blessing you're the glue that holds worse. it all together greg you know what i mean i make him very very worse and that's a big problem hey quick, uh, do you have time for a quick plug from me oh please of course gary uh five o'clock i wouldn't usually um uh, uh you know what am i talking i fucking plug my shit on here all the time you I do. yeah you do completely business as usual <laughs> for me this is a good one though five o'clock tonight 5 p.m pacific time um uh ign is doing a live rogue one watch along oh me and fellow screenwriter uh chris whites uh we chris and i were two of two of the writers of that film um and ign started a thing recently called watch from home theater where you watch the movie along with 
uh, a live video commentary with the IGN hosts and the filmmakers. And they're not obviously streaming the movie because Disney would not approve of that. But like, if you've got the Rogue One Blu-ray or you have access to Disney Plus, it's streaming on Disney Plus. You can even get like a free uh, 14-day thing to Disney Plus if you don't want to pay anything at all. Uh, queue up Rogue One. We all kind of press play at the same time together. So we're all queued up. Uh, and Chris and I uh, will talk you through the movie and how we wrote it and uh, give behind the scenes uh, info. And it's going to be really fun. And that's at five o'clock Pacific time uh, tonight. Uh, the easiest okay. way to tune into that would be youtube.com slash IGN uh, on IGN's channel. We'll be doing that live watch along. And then immediately after that, I'll be doing my regular Twitch uh, stream at twitch.tv slash Gary Witter. The hope is that once we've done some of the IGN audience will come over and I'll, I'll do like a, uh, an additional Q and a, uh, on the movie and, and and also some of the stuff I regularly do on my stream, like, you know, watch Russian face slapping videos and stuff of like course, that. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I'm doing, like I said, that charity stream at 2 p.m. today. The raid should take between two and three hours. If I can time it out right, I'll host you right afterwards. I'll raid you for a change. How about that? Or IGN, I guess, not you. But... I would love that. All right, great. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't, you can, I don't think you can raid a YouTube channel, but I, I appreciate it. But they co stream the, everything, the, don't they? Uh, I don't IGN think they do. Usually I don't think they have, they have a Twitter. I'm not seeing it. I'm looking at the website right now and it says watch it at IGN's own, uh, channel. Although the last time I tried to watch one of these things uh, on IGN's own channel, the embedded video player was fucking broken. Um, so Fran, I went Fran to- left. He left with a piece of code. I know, right? And obviously it's all fallen apart since then. Uh, I moved to, um, I, but their IGN, but their YouTube channel works great. And they also have a thing called Cin- Cinefix. Cinefix is YouTube, uh, is also hosting it. Okay. Um, but uh, if you follow, go to my Twitter and I'll post a link to that. Uh, sometime today and you'll be able to find that link e- uh, easily five o'clock p.m uh today youtube.com slash ign me and chris whites will watch rogue one a star wars story with you uh, and provide a live commentary track brilliant ladies and gentlemen this has been kind of funny games daily remember each and every weekday we are live with the news for you you can get on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games you can get on youtube.com slash kind of funny games you can get on podcast services around the globe no matter where you get it thank you for your support consider sharing it with your friends subscribing liking all that jazz you can even go above and beyond and go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can ask questions get the show ad free and Watch the post show we're about to record. Remember, I'm here at 2 p.m. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, streaming the division raid with Fran and friends. Gary, IGN.com at 5 p.m. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.